This is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning, everyone. I hope you're all well this morning. Uh, my name is Temba. Well, it, it has been um, a difficult uh, uh, season, and we've all experienced uh, a tough year, uh, a global pandemic, not being able to meet in person, disconnection, tiredness, um, anxiety to our health, homeschooling, and uh, we, we've also lost um, uh, our loved ones. Now, this morning, we are going to read and learn from the passage where the disciples were, where the disciples were feeling pretty uh, discouraged and down. They were going on with uh, their own lives, their ordinary lives, when Jesus um, appeared to, to them to bring them encouragement and, and hope. My prayer this morning is that you will have a fresh hope and that Jesus will come and meet you at the place where you are at um, and, um, and, uh, and bring um, uh, a hope and, um, and encouragement um, in your ordinary life this morning. Now we have uh, a treat this morning. We have our sister Ivy. She's going to read a scripture for us. Our reading for today is taken from the book of John, chapter 21, verse 1 to 19. Jesus appears to seven disciples. Later, Jesus appeared again to the disciple beside the Sea of Galilee. This is how it happened. Several of the disciples were there. Simon Peter, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We will come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, Fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, Throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will get some. So they did. And they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved, said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had striped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 large fish and yet the net hadn't torn. Now, come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. 
none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than this? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time he asked him Simon son of John do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time he said Lord you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he will glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Ivy, for reading a passage for us. Now, let us try to understand a few things about this passage in the scripture. It appears right at the end of John's Gospel. The resurrection of Jesus has already happened. This is the third or the fourth time Jesus appears to, to the disciples. He appears to them whilst they were going on with the with their normal lives, their ordinary lives. Since the death of Jesus, um, the disciples have gone back home and they've gone back to their own careers as fishermen. Now, let us try to imagine how the disciples were feeling at the moment. They've gone from being called, from being fisher, fishermen, leaving the nets and following Jesus. They've gone on a, an adventurous uh, journey with Jesus, seeing a lot of miracles, healing people, talking to a lot of people. They've been part of the band of brothers with Jesus. Perhaps they felt like a, uh, 
like a rock band coming back home after a world a world uh, a world tour they were back in their normal lives fishing perhaps they were aware that the people were talking whispering about them that they were back in town but Jesus was not there and they would have been trying to process the death of, of Jesus and perhaps not fully understanding uh, the resurrection of Jesus and they were Perhaps they were even thinking how would they go about carry on with the ministry without Jesus being there in person. They returned home to the same boat, the same nets, the same water, and the same faith and the same work. For the disciples, life had to carry on as normal. This must have been one of the hardest times. For the disciples, having witnessed um, their hero, their master, die a painful death on a cross, and still trying to understand the meaning of the resurrection. I don't know if you've watched uh, um, any programs uh, uh, during lockdown about the fishermen. I've watched um, a program on, uh, on TV during the lockdown about uh, the fishermen in Cornwall. It, it often appears to be a hard work going on a roughing sea going on a, on a, or going out on a roughing sea on out on a rough sea hard physical work the disciples were no different they were professional fishermen John provide quite a few details in the passage they have gone fishing at night in the dark they fished throughout the night, but when they came when they came back in the early hours of the morning, they've caught nothing. If they were feeling low anyway, this must have been one of the toughest times for them, returning to their careers and feeling like we can't even we can't even catch a fish. They've gone from being a band of brothers, witness all the miracles and witnessing to people around Jesus. They've gone back home to a cold, dark boat. They couldn't even catch a fish. It was at this time that Jesus turned around to them, turned to them. It was at this time that Jesus appears to them. When they were feeling depressed, when they were feeling low, when they were hopeless, Jesus comes and meets them at their darkest time. So, my first point is this. In the ordinary places, God shows up. Not only in church, not only in temples, not only, not only in conferences, in the ordinary places, in the most ordinary places, Jesus shows up and he brings hope and strength. Jesus appears to the disciples not on a special occasion, not in the temple. He appears to them where they are at, at work, at the beach. 
Jesus met them where they are at. Here, the King of Kings, post-resurrection, having defeated death, he appears to the disciples at the beach and he organized the barbecue for the disciples at the beach. This was their workplace. Post-resurrection, defeated death, Jesus shows up at the beach and organized the barbecue. You can never get anything ordinary more than, more than this. Although it was clear that uh, the disciples were no South Africans, because they would have had a steaks, bourravos, chops, right at the beach, rather than a fish, if so. Now, are we expecting God to meet with us in the special places? Are we expecting God to meet us in the, in the ordinary places? Or our expectation of God to meet with us is only in the, in the, in, in the temples, in churches, in conferences, when Christian, in Christian gatherings. Here, Jesus meet the disciples where they are at, in the ordinary places. Do we expect God to move with us? To use us when we are only within the, the Christian mix? Or do we expect God to meet with us in our workplaces? When we do our ordinary activities? When we go, when we go on with um, normal businesses? Do we expect God to come and meet with us? Here Jesus, the King of Kings, he shows up at the beach with the disciples to give them hope and, um, and, uh, and encouragement. When you think about the lockdown, we've not met each other for quite a while. We've not met in person. Maybe we've not even met our families. This can be hard sometimes. It can be discouraging. Perhaps that it's, it's that moment when things are discouraging, where things are, we don't have any understanding of the situations where we can meet God. Like the disciples, they, they've been with Jesus on an adventure. They've seen Jesus healing people. They've witnessed Jesus raising the dead. They've witnessed Jesus doing miracles after miracles. Jesus was not there with them. They had to carry on within their, with their normal lives. But Jesus met them at their normality. Brothers and sisters, my encouragement to you this morning and to me as well is that uh, we need to expect God to meet with us in our ordinary places. When we feel distressed at work, when we feel distressed at home, around our kids, around our families, when things don't go the way we think they should be, in our normal places, we should expect God to come and meet with us. Jesus comes and meet the disciples in their ordinary places. This wasn't a conference at all here. This wasn't a catalyst. This wasn't uh, a gathering of believers. This was at the beach where they are at work. 
Jesus can meet you now wherever you are. Jesus can meet with you in ordinary places. My second point is this. In the dark places, God steps in. In the dark places, when things go wrong, when things don't make any sense, when we feel overwhelmed with situations, when we feel disheartened, when we feel discouraged, Jesus steps in. This was the darkest time for the disciples. This was the darkest time for the professional fishermen. They fish all day night. They've witnessed their master, Jesus Christ, dying a painful death on the cross. They've, they've been at sea in the dark. They went back. There was no fish at all. They were discouraged. Jesus shows up. Jesus shows up at the very right time when we, when, when, when we feel empty. Jesus shows up at the very right time when we have nothing to give. Jesus shows up at the very, at the very right time when the, when, when the wine has run out. Jesus shows up at the right time when the oil was empty. Jesus shows up at the right time when the nets were empty. Jesus shows up to fill up the nets. Jesus shows up to fill up the wine. Jesus shows up to fill up the oil. In our darkest moments, Jesus steps in. He steps in. When we feel overwhelmed this morning, you have a task that is bigger than, than you. Jesus will step in. When you feel discouraged this morning, when you don't know, you don't know the future, you don't know the uncertainty, the uncertainty where you need to be, Jesus will show you the way. Jesus steps in at the right time when the disciples needed him. For those who lost their jobs, I mean, I've been fellowed for almost um, three months now. It's been a, one of those times that you're thinking, will I have a job? Will I not have a job? You know, you tend to kind of come uh, worry about your future, what you're meant to be, what you're meant to do. But the truth is, I know that Jesus will show up. For those who are dry this morning, I just wanted to say to you that Jesus will show up at the right time. The nets, they cannot be filled unless they're emptied. We cannot be filled unless we are emptied ourselves. The emptiness is not the end of our failures. It is the beginning. This is often the point when Jesus steps in, when things are not going the way we think we should be. Jesus comes and turned the darkness into a light. Jesus comes and shines the light into the darkness for the disciples. So, let me ask you this morning. Do you need, do you need, do 
you need a net fill? Do you need? Does your net fill empty this morning? What wines of jars have run dry? We can easily relate to these darkest times, just like the disciples during this year. It's been, a, it's been a tough year for all of us. From the very moment we heard about this virus, I mean, for, you, 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 for, for some of us and for other people, we thought that this will go away within uh, the matter of days or weeks, not, not more than a year. And for, that, for, and for some, the virus have left deep scars. These scars of pain, scars of sorrow, sorrow, sorrow and, and scars of, of grief and hopelessness. And the journey still carries on. Jesus comes in and says, children, you have no fish to his disciples. The same as Mary whisper to Jesus in John 2, 3 to say there's no wine. Empty nets, empty jars, empty, em no wine, no fish, no, no life. Jesus comes in and shows the way. Jesus comes in and shows the way. Empty nets, empty jars, no wine, no fish, no life. That's when Jesus steps in to bring life. That's when Jesus steps in to bring wine. That's when Jesus steps in to fill up the jars. That's when Jesus steps in to fill up the nets. Jesus. He steps in at the very right time for us. He's El Shaddai. He's more than he can supply for our needs. There's nothing this world that God cannot do in your situation. He steps in in every situation. He brings hope in and rescues us in any situation. For the disciples, he came at the right time to bring encouragement and to bring hope. Jesus Christ, our very present help in times of need. My last point, in these places, God reaffirms, recommissions. He never give up hope. In this part of the passage, we see a, a precious encounter with Peter, Peter and Jesus. Peter, having been carrying a shame of denying Jesus three times, yet in the same way in this passage, Jesus' redemption, Jesus offers redemptions to Peter by asking him, to, by asking him, by asking to, to confirm three times that he loves, he loves him. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You could say he was recommissioning Peter to give Peter a fresh hope, 
reaffirming him their relationship to give Peter a platform to continue to continue his ministry on which Jesus has called him to do. Jesus reinstates Peter. This is an important message for all of us as believers. This is an important message of hope and grace. Jesus was gracious to Peter. Even Peter, after Peter had denied him three times, Peter made a mistake and regretted denying Jesus. However, God reminds us in this passage that he doesn't give up on us. Jesus, he never gave up on you. We all make mistakes. But God, with his gracious, he comes and rescues us. The good work that God has started in me, the good work that God has started in you, he will bring it to completion. If you are discouraged this morning about your mistakes of the past, if you have regrets this morning about what happened in the past, Jesus is here to offer grace and hope and love for you. If you feel like you've been disqualified, Jesus is here to reaffirm you. Jesus, whatever work he started in you, he will bring into completion. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. When Satan tempts us to display and tell us of the guilt that lives within, we look to Jesus, him who is standing there, the King of glory in our hearts. Jesus never gives up on me. Jesus never gives up on you. At the cross, it is finished. There's no guilt and shame for those who are in Christ Jesus. Jesus, he reinstated Peter. He gave Peter a hope. He finished the work that he started in Peter. Jesus wants to finish the work that he started in you. Don't disqualify yourself. Jesus wants to finish the work that he started in you. As I finish my talk this morning, May you know that uh, your future is hidden in Jesus Christ. In the darkness, in the in the in um, in the in uh, in uh, our ordinary lives, God reveals Himself to us. When we are not expected, Jesus reveals Himself to us. He has a plan for hearts. He has a plan for lives. Jeremiah twenty nine. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Jesus has plans for me and you to prosper us, not to harm us. Our future belongs in Jesus. Let us expect Jesus to meet with us each and every day in our daily lives. Let us keep hoping in Jesus. Let us keep encouraging each other, encouraging each other to spare one another on to love to go to, towards um, uh, to, to love the good, to, to, towards love and good deeds. Jesus loves you this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for 
for the cross. Thank you so much for dying for us, Lord. Thank you that Jesus, you have a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And this morning, Lord, we say, raise our expectations, Lord. May, be, may we be those that seek your face each and every day. May we be those that live the life of expectancy that God, you will show up any time, Lord. And for Jesus, for those who are discouraged, God, I pray, may you bring encouragement and hope this morning. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.